what normally happens, Dave, is we just have a chat about stuff. And then what John does later on is he edits it all down into this really concise, amazing podcast. I'll only butt in if I think Kieran's gone way off course and I'll, I'll try and bring us back. But otherwise, I'll be quiet. So. Does that mean you're butting in all the time? It, it can happen if he's in one of his... When have you ever yeah. known Kieran not go off course? <laughs> this is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Trowbridge and John Ponting in Cricklade. Once again, hello. Welcome to Sheer Isolation. We will be doing our best to promote the local music scene over the next half hour. I've got my friend Kieran there over back in back at home this week and not at work this week. Not about I'm back at home in, in, in their proper in their proper pad today. <laughs> so uh, we've got uh, a guest as as we always do every week and, and Kieran, you've picked an absolute blinder of a guest. Mr. David Young. He's somebody that I've wanted to invite for the Zoom for ages. Eventually, we've got hold of him. He probably ran Wiltshire's most successful music venue for eight and a half years. Um, He'll go into more detail on that. We've just got wall-to-wall stories. It's an absolute riot. It's hilarious. It's great fun. Kieran, we are now into November, and I know that uh, yourself as a promoter, you've got some gigs starting next month in December. Where are you with that? Does the show go on or, or what, what are you thinking? So the John Gom show, which we announced back in sort of, um, I don't know, June, June, July time, that's now been postponed. He's postponed the whole tour. If you go back to March and how, where we thought we were going to be, initially everyone thought we'd be back up by summer, certainly by autumn. Obviously, as time progresses, we're realising that it's not as simple as we all thought. We thought that six-month gap would be fine. It's evidently not. So... All the people that were being optimistic, like I was, thought, yeah, October, November, that'll be fine. Turns out the December show that I had for John Gomb, it's been postponed now. So we're now doing it in November 2021. Okay. And as we've said on previous podcasts, we we think that live music is going to start small and gradually work up to the bigger venues. So we're still not at that first stage of getting into a capacity of what, 100 were you doing for that one? Yeah, so that one was meant to be it's a, meant to be a capacity of 300. We'd reduced it to 100 for this show. Uh, basically, the whole tour have had issues. Because again, the guidelines weren't really very clear when, we were, when this was being announced. And so as the time progresses, we realised that we can't do certain things. So yeah, it, hoping to do a full show next year. But um, the Village Pump, um, we're looking to do a live stream at the end of November, November the 27th. It's Mad Dog McRae. So he's, uh, that, that band are performing for a promoter called Fuel by Cider. They're doing those shows at the Comedia in Bath. And as we've already established or covered in the previous programs, they spent a lot of money investing in really high-end TV equipment. So they can now have a capacity of 146. There's a very small capacity for their 800 venue. They can have a live crowd, but they can be professionally filmed and shot. That is going to get syndicated online and then various venues, including the pump in Trowbridge. And that was in theory being syndicated across the whole of the Southwest. A whole bunch of venues are going to jump on board. Real. Um, we will move straight on to a track. Yeah. So Sad Song Co is um, Nigel Powell. And many people will know Nigel as the drummer for, for Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls. He's an original member of the Sleeping Souls. I know Nigel because he was in a band called Dust Ball, Stroke Dive Dive. But he's gone solo. He's gone. He always had this solo thing going on, but he's now left the Sleeping Souls and he is now performing under the Sad Song Co. And he has a brand new album. Uh, his last album, I absolutely fell in love with. This is a brand new album. And this is a song called Feeding. <laughs> Thank you. 
Like I 
so that was uh, Sad Song Co with his brand new single, Feeding, uh, lifted from his brand new album that will be out in 2021. So uh, looking forward to that, Nigel. Good luck. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be giving you gigs soon as we can. Um, I saw Nigel play a couple of years ago in Chippenham. I think it was over the Road Tavern. I think you were there as well. <laughs> I put on the gig. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. That's why I saw him there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, that was a really lovely gig. So Mike Barham did a like like a sort of songwriters class at the college beforehand with Guy from Riverbank Studios. So we had all these different elements all sort of incorporated into this gig. And then everybody came down afterwards, came to the gig. The gig was free entry. And it was just a really lovely night. So, um, yeah, great gig. Okay, interview time. You've been looking forward to this one. You've been wanting to get Dave on for weeks, haven't you? I've been wanting to get him on for ages, and he hasn't been able to do it for one reason or another. And eventually I bullied him into agreeing to come and talk to us. He can talk the hind legs off a donkey. Um, You both can. So so this is is Dave Young, who has previously looked after Swindon's venues, the, the Vic and Tolbach. He, he didn't so well at the Vic. He then wanted to have another venue because he's mental. Got the second venue. Did really well there. Got out when the going was good. Went back to the Vic. And then he got out of the Vic when the time was right. So this is going to be part one today. And we're going to put some in, into the vault. And we're just going to bring them out over the coming weeks or months. Because, as you said, you both just natter and talk like a couple of old ladies. Talk about you everything. barely say a word, do you? Sorry, mate. <laughs> I had nothing to say, to be fair. I, just, I was enjoying listening. hope you do, too. <laughs> We'll start off with, uh, Dave, can you remember when you and I first met? No. You, no? you were that important in my life, Kieran, that I can't remember. <laughs> I, well, remember, I, remember well, I remember a lot of stuff about you, but I don't remember when we first met. When um, was it? Well, when it was, it was, uh, as a band from Devices came and played the Vic, and so I came along with them, and they were called Death yeah. Next Door, and it was when the Vic was orientated the other way. Sideways, yeah. Sideways. With, with the big, tall speakers that when you walked in the door, you were deafened. Actually, yes. that's when it had a garden shed, is the sound room. So you literally that... go in to the mixing desk, adjust it, run out, because you couldn't see through the window because people stood in front of it. So you'd have to run out of the shed, listen to what it sounds like, then run back into the shed, adjust the sound, and then carry on. Bizarre. And also the shed was about, there's probably about two or three people deep from the mixing desk and the singer in the band. Correct. Yeah, it wasn't far at all. Yeah. <laughs> that was good fun those, those days, though. I think the capacity then was 70. Legal 70? 70, yeah, sideways. And just by changing it around, it increased to 200. That's, that's, you know what? I, I, every gig I went into that basement had more than 70 people in it. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, when we took the Vic over, which was December the 17th, 2004, because the first band we put on was Lunar Mile. Lunar Mile is Tony Iommi's daughter. Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath. Yeah, wow. So I, I found out about her, and that is the only reason we booked him. <laughs> I was hoping <laughs> Tony would turn up. And in of fact, I spread, I spread a rumour around that Tony was turning up to see his daughter play in the band. So let, it was Rab, it was Pat. She was, it was. Really, she was really miffed about it. She said, who's been telling people who I am? Because she was trying to make her band successful without telling people who she was. And I right. just said to her, look, I, I'm here to fill the room, which I've done. Your <laughs> job is to make her come back and see you the next time because you're good. Yeah. So, <laughs> and she was all right. She was really nice. She was really friendly. I was downstairs with the band and she was upstairs on the sofa watching EastEnders with Vanna, I think. <laughs> Most of the time, so, yeah, it's good. But that was that was the first band 
And then I put my own band to play in there. I think it was Boxing Day or the day after. And it was just awful. It was the heat in there. The walls were running. It was rammed, but it, it was water running off the walls. And I said to Anna, we've got to put air conditioning down here. So we put air conditioning in before we even changed the layout, which looked odd to people because in, in one of the walls, there was a beam and then there was an air conditioning unit two foot from the wall blowing cold air against the wall which people couldn't understand. But of course, that wall was coming down in the future plans. And then, of course, within a short time, we, we, I think about a year and a bit, I think, we, we started the plans to change it all. And Because you, you converted it, didn't you? You converted the orientation to the, the way... Yeah, it... we changed oh. it around. Yeah, put a proper stage in there. It was nice, a little side room. And eventually, we put a staircase leading to the flat roof and up into a dressing room up above there. With so a that you could... So yeah, we had a shower. The, the main so reason far. being so the band didn't have to walk through the crowd to get on stage. They could actually come down from backstage. Correct. Correct. Apart from the Way ones cooler. that were scared. Apart from the ones that were scared to go up and down, those really narrow. They were the sort of steps which were crossed. They were lethal, to be honest. Some bands didn't. Every time but they got wet, you ran a risk of killing yourself. It wasn't good. <laughs> well, we even put, a, we even put um, a gangway up there and we put like a, a roof structure so bands couldn't, wouldn't get soaking wet if it was raining. But, I mean, some bands wouldn't use it. I mean, we had, um, as you know, Ed Sheeran played, and he yeah. didn't want to come down through the dressing room thing. So what he did was he went out through the bar, out the front door of the pub, ran round the side. Someone rang me to say he's outside the fire doors. I had someone stood by the fire doors, it opened them, and he then just jumped in through the audience onto the stage and started playing. So Yay! Yeah, something like that. Well, you couldn't hear him, actually. There was just girls. No, of course you couldn't. It was like I, a I, Beatles I, gig. I remember that gig really well because from where, no matter where you were stood in the room, you could see all the way through to the stage because all the girls are so young. <laughs> yeah, it was just, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was so packed that what we did was I set up a camera and we actually transmitted it to the front bar and I rigged up a PA that I leaked the house PA to so people could come in the bar and actually watch it on the TV screens. So it was cool. Go. It was a good gig. What a gig to get, though. I mean, I mean, I got it from another promoter, but it was a great gig to have. And I can turn around time. and say, now I've done the sound for Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he was a genuine nice guy, though. I mean, you'd think he'd be full of it, but he was lovely. He smoked like a trooper at the time. I bet he doesn't, I mean, as soon as he, soon as he finished playing, he, couldn't, he literally jumped off the stage, ran out the fire door, and I thought, that's the last we're going to see of him. He's going to go yeah. off with his manager and the support act. There was three of them travelling up to all on this tour, and I thought, he's just going to be gone. But he just ran outside desperate for a cigarette. So he ran round to the front of the pub and literally bummed a fag off somebody. I spent, I don't know, hours out there. I think everyone in Swindon had the picture taken with Ed Sheeran that night. Facebook, wow. the next day, everyone was changing their profiles to them. <laughs> with Ed out the front of the pub. Yeah. <laughs> but he did, he stayed and chatted to everybody, so, which is nice. That, that was the very early days, wasn't it, of, of Ed? Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. By that point, you are a massively established venue. You've already done incredible things. Have you got any, give us a really a crazy story from your early days. There's loads of times. I mean, we had um, an incident where there was some guy kicking off about something or other. And I was going to grab him and just throw him out because I can't be putting up with that. And Alice went, no, no, no. I'll deal with it. Deal with it professionally. Do it correctly. I went, all right, then whatever. That's why I'm kind of doing the sound. About 20 minutes later, she came back. She said, right, I don't give a what you do. Get him out of here. <laughs> So I grabbed him by his, by his collar from the venue and marched him through. And he's going, I've never been treated like this before. And I go, you've never been here before. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really professional attitude, but it was good fun. 
you said you taught me uh, to keep idiots out that you kept your prices slightly higher. Yeah, it worked most of the time. I mean, people would come up to the bar and they say to Anna, and they say, "Why are your drinks prices so high?" And she said, "Well, I was to keep the idiots out, but obviously it didn't work on this occasion." <laughs> but it's the same principle, right, isn't it? At the end of the day, we put a lot of stuff on, a lot of stuff you pay for, a lot of stuff that's free. And I, I think the beer prices reflected what we did. People didn't come to the bit because it was cheap beer. They came because they knew there was summer on every night and it was always a good night. And that's, and that's it, it, isn't it? If you've got a bunch of people desperate to get drunk cheaply as possible, that's yeah. not people you want in your, in your venue to enjoy. We're in the wrong place. Go to Weatherspoons. Yeah. You know, that's what it's exactly. Go there, you know. If you came in here, you were expected to behave, have a laugh. We all have a laugh. Everyone has a few drinks, too many sometimes. You know, I've taken loads of people outside and sat them on the windowsill, feeding them pints of water to sober them up. And if they sober up and they behave, they can come back in. But, you know, <laughs> we all have a drink too many sometimes. <laughs> Me um, included. <laughs> let, let's talk about some of the bands then. Okay, we, I, I want to get stories out of you because I know you've got loads of <laughs> stories. Well, like when I taught you how to do the sound. Yes, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was the band? Can you remember who the band were? Yeah, but I'm not going to say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a band, and you were you were new to doing the sound for us, and you were, I think, trying to impress us how good you could do the sound. I was working at the 12 bar doing the sound, and when I came back, because the Vic had a later licence, was still going, and I think the band were still playing, and we don't, you know, it's fine down there. And um, you're doing the sound, and I came in, and you said, look, I've done what I can do. There's nothing I can do to make it sound any better. And, and I said, well, you can't polish it. The band were awful, <laughs> you know. But you can roll it in glitter. <laughs> you, you absolutely set me up because you knew the band were awful, and you thought, "I'm yeah. not Kieran could do that one." Yeah, but that's why you're there. And I was at the twelve bar with the good band. That's actually one of the best things that ever happened to me because obviously it gave me all those really difficult experiences that made me a better, you know, engineer, better communicator. Yeah. Whatever. You know, if it would have been easy, I wouldn't have learned anything. You're no longer involved with the Vic and obviously the 12 Bar Show. Are you kind of glad given the year venues are having? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I feel really sorry for everybody that's having to put through all what's going on at the moment. We've been left the Vic now over seven years. So we've been retired seven years. And I think the timing for me and Anna was right. You know, the eight and a half years we were there, we put everything into it. And, and the time we come to say, that's it, that's enough. We, we, all our ideas have gone. There's nothing else for us to do. Let's hand it on to someone else. How people survive in the current climate, I don't know, because I know a lot of the pub companies are still expected to get full rent. And you're talking tens of thousands of pounds for a lot of these pubs. You know, it, it's crazy the amount of rent and, and what the bills are with the insurance and everything else. So yeah. how, how are they supposed to get through that? I don't know. Difficult times, difficult. I would say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Do, you, do, you, do you miss it, though? Do you miss the sort of crazy buzz and, and the bustle? Um, I, I don't actually, because I loved it and I wouldn't change anything that we did. Absolutely loved it, but it, it was time to leave. But there's other things to do now. I mean, throughout your life, you do different stuff. I used to do motorcycle racing or play in bands. I do this. You move from bands, one band to another. Did you miss that band? Well, yeah, you probably miss, miss some aspects of it, but you think, I've moved on to something else now. I really enjoyed it. I would never go around and go, oh, I'm glad we're out of there. No. Kind of are, but... I wouldn't have changed anything, you know. We, me and Anna used to wake up so tired, we'd just laugh at each other, get up, go into work, because you'd do 14-odd hours a day at least, every day, seven days a week, 
Because everyone would say, oh, you're on holiday all the time. Well, we would. We'd go on holiday four times a year, but we'd work all the hours of every day in between. Yeah. We're going to have to wrap it up now because we've only got a few minutes left on this Zoom meeting. That's all right. No worries. Ah, um, you, can edit, um, you can edit me out. <laughs> but um, you, you've picked a track. You've picked um, a tune from Hip Root. Well, Jim, Jim has always been a good mate of mine. We used to have um, Gary Stringer um, from Reef come and play with us in a band called This Is Them or Them Is Me. Anyway, they didn't play Reef stuff, but they played all their new material. And Jim supported them and got really friend with them. So when Jim released this, this track, Gary Stringer came along and did the vocals on it for him. Which is amazing. So it's very cool. Uh, Gary was such a lovely, nice bloke. So, but there's plenty more stories and stories I can tell you another time. So, but yeah, well, I'm so, going to say, Dave, I'm going to, I'm going to say, you've <laughs> got to come back because I've still got stuff I want to talk to you about the fake speakers. The drummers used to think they were monitors and it's just spray painted on the wall. Want, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I talked to you about the my dad's bigger than your dad festival. Um, yeah, there's well, loads but, of stuff I want to talk about. ACDC tribute that had a wall of speakers and they're all fake. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back to that. It's, we'll it's we'll have another, another time. time. Yeah. Yeah.
but not do Just a given fact If we get lost in love There may be no coming back So join me And celebrate For time is short And you know for no man it waits Shout out by Hipfruit. Hipfruit as well, Jim, he is an absolute star. He's, he, he's just brilliant. Everything he does is great. I've done his sound so many times. I've recorded him. I've done all sorts. I love him to bits. He's just a talent. Um, and Gary Stringer coming on top is just cherry on the icing. And yeah, actually, Gary Stringer played for me at the Lamb in Devizes, and that took, was our records, everything. That show, record bar take-ins, record ticket sales, fastest sellout, everything uh, we in fact it did so well we booked him for one night it did so well i said to gary can we do two nights running can you just play the saturday as well we did the friday night he was like yeah all right it must be time for some news going back to what you said earlier on about your gig with uh, john gom that's been pushed back there seems to be a lot of that going on now as as you said people who are more optimistic back in the summer and booking gigs yeah. towards the end of the year more venues are, are pulling out more artists are pulling out postponing delaying it doesn't bode well for the winter months and even the spring months either no it really really doesn't i can't see the spring months being like we said before like oh there'll be plenty of local bands playing but will the big touring bands no no they're still not going to be doing anything because it takes time to, to sort of set these things up and you would know about them by now so i still think the next few months are going to be barren to put it in a sort of sad way but yeah i think it, we're, we're still a while away from, from sort of achieving that we like to talk about the 2000 Trees Festival um, on this show because it's just down the road and it's an, an excellent festival for underground music. They did not get any of this government funding that went out to a lot no. of other organisations, so they have released a special T-shirt. Have you seen this, Kieran? The, the new 2000 Trees T-shirt? It just says, culturally insignificant. <laughs> As part of that, it makes me think that's a bit churlish, but at the same time, I get why they're doing it. Um, they're not insignificant. They're not culturally insignificant. They're a, they're a really significant festival. It does seem like it was a little bit of a lottery as to who got funding and who didn't. Uh, I'd be interested to see if there was some kind of method or formula that was used, or whether it was just uh, names out of a hat. There's a huge amount of debate on this. The MVT Facebook page did kick off a little bit. The The overriding feedback from Mark at the MVT and, and the, the regionalised coordinators, they said, look, this isn't about opening up a can of worms about who got what and why they got what. Don't be upset that somebody did get their grant money. Don't be upset that you, know, and that you didn't. It's, it's not a case of them versus you or you versus them. Be happy that some did and they're saved. And now let's work on the ones that didn't and let's try and sort help them out. We should just summarise who the Music Venues Trust are for those who... A new to the show. Yeah, they are a, um, a UK-based uh, government-level lobbying organisation that help orchestrate live music in the UK. So this has a lot to do with things like the licensing and the rulemaking, etc. And they liaise direct between venues and government and venues and other government organisations or you know other companies like ERS, etc. So 
very nicely put as always, Kieran. We will wrap up this week's show. Um, I'm going to go eat the rest of my lasagna now. So I will see you later, John. Cool. Lovely job. Sheerisolation at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us. We will be back Ooh. here same time, same place next week. No, he's remembered something. Be quick. No, 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 no. You've said the email address. Actually, we've run out of songs with videos. So we definitely need your new music. So if you're in the Southwest, send us your videos. It doesn't matter. We'll have them. We're not picky. There we go. Brilliant. We're not picky. <laughs> Cheers for that, Gary. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Cheers, Bye. everyone.